You're listening to the Catholic Fragments Podcast, where we explore the treasures of Catholicism, the fullness of truth revealed in Jesus Christ and His Church. I'm your host, Dr. Donald Wallenfang, and I invite you to join me in gathering up the fragments of the truth that sets us free. Let us pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A reading from Psalm 131. Lord, my heart is not proud, nor are my eyes haughty. I do not busy myself with great matters, with things too sublime for me. Rather, I have stilled my soul like a weaned child to its mother, Weaned is my soul. Israel, hope in the Lord now and forever. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. John the Baptist, pray for us. St. Therese of Lisieux, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome to the very first episode of the Catholic Fragments Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Dr. Donald Wallenfang, and it is a great joy to welcome you to this new podcast. And I want to begin by just sharing some of the reasons that I launched this podcast. First of all, let me just say, this is like the 20th take of this first introduction. It's a whole new format uh, for me to teach through, to share uh, the riches of Catholicism through, and I'm really excited about it. I think there's something really special about this pure audio platform that attunes us as human beings to the spoken word. Uh, and and it's it's a brand new territory for me, I can tell you that, and I'm just really excited about it. Uh, and I drive a lot of hours in, in the car around the metro Detroit area uh, to work and taking uh, my kids to different activities, uh, a lot of family outings and church events and things. So I, sp- I spend a lot of time in the car, uh, and, and it's great when I'm by myself uh, to be able to put on something there's a lot of good music. Um, it's a great time to pray, but also to to be able to grow in faith. Um, so that's what this podcast is created to do. Uh, it's to feature all of these golden nuggets of truth that we have throughout this century. So many incredible thinkers and mystics and disciples of Jesus, men and women, young and old, Uh, who have left us a real legacy, a real heritage of faith. Um, So in addition to the biblical texts, which are uh, really the rule of faith um, from a Catholic point of view, um, we also have so many doctors of the church and saints and so many writings that there's so many good books in so little time. So this um, podcast wants to feature many of these not necessarily in a systematic way but in a fragmentary kind of way and so the title of the podcast is the catholic fragments podcast 
And it's not meant to fragment the faith, but it's a podcast that is designed to help us gather up all the fragments of truth. They're, they're all over the place. They're high and low, near and far. And it's a great work to try to gather up all these fragments of truth, to share together, to be mutually inspired, and, and just to immerse ourselves in um, the heart of, of the Catholic faith and following Christ. So it's a great privilege for me to get to share the podcast with you. And uh, the first fragment I want to look at together is from the writings of St. Therese of Lisieux, a fairly well-known um, late 19th century French Carmelite nun. Uh, she was a discalced Carmelite, so part of the Reformed Order of Carmelites of St. Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross, uh, other saints among this order, uh, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity, uh, St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross, also known as St. Edith Stein. So I want to just have a look at um, the very middle of her classic work called The Story of a Soul. The Story of a Soul is composed of three different manuscripts, three different sets of writings that were written at different times, all of which uh, St. Therese was asked by um, her religious superiors to compose. And St. Therese is a very interesting saint. Um, she dies at the age of 24 from uh, tuberculosis. Uh, she entered the Carmelite monastery at age 15 uh, with the special permission of uh, the local bishop. And she even, uh, when she visited um, the Vatican at one time with her family, got a quick audience with the Pope, and she begged him to let her enter the Carmelite convent when she was 15 years old. And, and he just told her, you know, be patient, um, the answer will come, you know, basically talk to your local bishop and, and let him make the decision. But um, he did let her become a Carmelite at the very young age of 15, and she had a couple of, of her older sisters already in that Carmelite monastery um, where she was from. So uh, the second manuscript called Manuscript B um, well, she was asked to write it by uh, her older sister, Sister Marie of the Sacred Heart, who was also in this Carmelite monastery. And uh, she had asked Therese to write this about her little doctrine of love, as she called it, um, right after uh, this retreat in September of 1896. So this is a very uh, well-known writing of St. Therese. She did not write a lot of things. Uh, basically, the story of a soul, some poetry, letters, and, and that's it. But she was named a doctor of the church eventually. Uh, to this day, one of the four female doctors of the church, in addition to St. Teresa of Avila, her fellow discalced Carmelite, uh, and Catherine of Siena, and Hildegard of Bingen. So um, this is a remarkable piece of writing of St. Therese, and I'm just going to read a couple passages of it and make some comments on it uh, for this first uh, edition of the Catholic Fragments podcast. Manuscript B from Story of a Soul. At the very opening of this little uh, essay, really only a handful of pages long, St. Therese um, 
says that she wishes to serve Jesus only in this life and that uh, she was learning to gather the divine instructions. So I really like how uh, it relates to the title of this podcast. And the point of the podcast, gathering up the fragments of faith, gathering up the fragments of truth. This is a great fragment here we're going to have a look at, and only a fragment of the fragment, really. Uh, And so she goes on to talk about the science of love. This, This phrase just has me spellbound, has me mesmerized ever since I first heard it. The science of love. Uh, it seems like a contradiction. We have, you know, the natural sciences and the social and behavioral sciences on one hand, and then we have the stuff of philosophy, the stuff of theology, spirituality on the other, don't we? Uh, it seems uh, in our time that there's this this kind of um, fragmentation of subject matters, and, and oftentimes people try to keep these separate or think they have to be kept separate. But instead, what St. Therese is saying here is that there is a real science of love that integrates all sciences worthy of the name, all fields of learning, all experiences of life. Everything is integrated according to the most foundational science of love. And she gets this term from a a fellow uh, French uh, woman who also was in religious life with the visitation order in um, the late 17th century, St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. And she quotes her right at the beginning of Manuscript B of The Story of a Soul. Uh, She quotes her saying this, quote, Here is the teacher whom I am giving you. He will teach you everything that you must do. I want to make you read in the book of life wherein is contained the science of love. So that's a quote from St. Margaret Mary, a la Coke. Um, and Therese is really impressed by this science of love. So she goes on to say, now this is the words of St. Therese, the science of love. Ah, yes, this word resounds sweetly in the ear of my soul, and I desire only this science. Having given all my riches for it, I esteem it as having given nothing, as did the bride in the sacred canticles. I understand so well that it is only love that makes us acceptable to God, that this love is the only good I ambition. It's really um, beautiful how St. Therese puts this. Uh, it reminds me of the story in the Gospel of St. Luke uh, when Jesus visits the home of the sisters Martha and Mary, uh, whose brother was Lazarus. And he's visiting them. And Martha is busy cooking and cleaning, getting all the preparations in order, while her sister Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, talking with him especially listening to him. And uh, Martha comes over to Jesus and Mary and says, um, Jesus, I'm, I'm really busy getting everything ready. Could you ask Mary to help me? <laughs> uh, very understandable that Martha would make this request. And Jesus says to Martha, 
Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it shall not be taken from her. Very powerful words of Jesus. And, and so in the tradition of the church, there's this Latin phrase, unum necessarium, the one thing necessary. And Jesus says, there is need of only one thing. Unum necessarium, the one thing necessary. And Mary has chosen it. She has chosen the better part. She has chosen the one thing necessary. What is it? It's him. It's Jesus. It's love. It's his love. It's to be captivated. It's to be captured and enraptured by his love. And Mary chose it. And... Jesus says it shall not be taken from her. So this is something that St. Therese is recognizing in her own life, becoming a Carmelite nun, a cloistered Carmelite nun. In the late 19th century, in a strict enclosure, she doesn't go out anymore. She doesn't travel. She doesn't go to the store. She doesn't go hear the concert. She lives her entire life hidden in the monastery. And she agonizes over wanting to be all things to all people, like St. Paul says, to win at least some to Christ. She wants to be an apostle, an evangelist, a missionary, a martyr, even um, yeah, all these different things, uh, a priest in a certain sense. Um, and not, yeah, so that's not that she thought that women should be priests, but just that she wants to do what the priest does, offer um, the Eucharist on behalf of the body, on behalf of the world. and um, But she wants to be all these things, but she realizes that the one thing necessary is love, that love alone makes us acceptable to God, that this love is the only good she ambitions. Uh, it's reminiscent of something St. John of the Cross says, uh, in his sayings of light and love, uh, where he writes that at the evening of life, we will be judged on love alone. How did we love in this life? That's all that really matters. Our judgment, uh, God's judgment of us, of our lives, will be based really solely on that. How did we love? How did we love with great responsibility by his grace? by the love who a God is, especially the third person of the Most Holy Trinity, God the Holy Spirit. We love, we read in First John in the New Testament, we love because he first loved us. So this is a really exciting passage in uh, The Story of a Soul by St. Therese. And I want to just read on uh, a bit further to think about this together. Um, she says that Jesus deigned to show me, desired to show me, the road that leads to this divine furnace. Uh, thinking of God as this consuming fire of love. But the thing that is not burned up by this consuming fire of love is love. And this road is the surrender of the little child who sleeps without fear in its father's arms. So St. Therese adopted the religious name, St. Therese, of the child Jesus. 
She was also known uh, as the little flower. She understood herself to be this little child, this little, little daughter of the king, of Jesus, uh, and that the road that leads to the heart of the love of Christ, the sacred heart of Jesus, is the surrender of the little child who sleeps without fear in its father's arms. Whoever is a little one, Jesus said, let him come to me. And further she writes that Jesus does not demand great actions from us, but simply surrender and gratitude to reach the summit of the Mount of Love. This is what Jesus desires. We often are convinced that what he wants from us is great actions. But instead, she says, it's simply surrender and gratitude. And perhaps great actions will proceed from this, but we must begin here. Surrender, gratitude, great humility. And as St. Teresa of Avila says, to proceed with determined determination. See then, she says, all that Jesus lays claim to from us. He has no need of our works, but only of our love. He was thirsty for love. This is her little doctrine. This is her dream. Within it, St. Therese says, is all calm and at rest. One more passage from this, this first fragment of the Catholic Fragments podcast. Further in manuscript, be a kind of climactic moment. Everything crescendos toward the end of the manuscript where St. Therese said that, I had understood that the church had a heart and that this heart was burning with love. I understood that it was love alone that made the church's members act, that if love ever became extinct, apostles would not preach the gospel and martyrs would not shed their blood. I understood that love comprised all vocations, that love was everything, that it embraced all times and places, in a word, that it was eternal. Then, in the excess of my delirious joy, I cried out, O Jesus, my love, my vocation. At last, I have found it. My vocation is love. Yes, I have found my place in the church, and it is you, O my God, who have given me this place. In the heart of the church, my mother, I shall be loved. Thus I shall be everything, and thus my dream will be realized. Amazing words of St. Therese. Realizing her vocation is love, and I think each one of us can come to understand the same universal vocation, to love, to become love, to become love in this world. Isn't this what Jesus meant when he called us to be salt, leaven, and light in the world. And that salt, leaven, and light is precisely love. It's the testimony of love. It's love in the flesh, love in and through 
the sincerity of body and speech and listening and laughing and embracing and praying for every little thing that needs to be prayed for. This is the Carmelite way of life to stand proxy for sinners, to realize that the supreme human vocation is to love and to let oneself be loved by God and the other person facing you. All of us human beings are created in the image and likeness of God. And I think we're finding through this uh, COVID virus pandemic um, a lot of struggle uh, in things we used to take for granted. Um, and, and I think we don't want to give in to this technocracy of convenience and expedience. We don't want to lose the face-to-face -face encounter. We don't want to give up hope on the goodness of God, the goodness of his creation, the goodness of our humanity. Love risks everything. Love is ready to lose everything. Love stays the course by God's grace. Thank you so much for joining me on this first episode of the Catholic Fragments podcast. Again, it's such a great joy to launch this podcast, and we're going to have so many more good fragments coming up from all these various saints and doctors of the church and writings of the church, and, and really, they can get pulled from anywhere. And if you ever have an idea uh, of a fragment you'd like me to treat and comment on, uh, please let me know. Um, contact me, and I'd be happy to entertain any fragment uh, within uh, the Catholic faith tradition uh, that you'd be interested in, in thinking more about together. Thank you for joining me on the Catholic Fragments podcast, where you are equipped to think toward the whole, to pray from the heart, and to live as a witness.